Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Hashtag Alvarado Excellence. And with us today, a special guest, the uh, esteemed Mr. Chris McGee. How are you doing, sir? Outstanding. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Dr. Estes, unable to be here today, so sitting in his seat, and it is your now responsibility to kind of make the podcast what it is because it's all Dr. Estes, to be completely honest. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure Big whatsoever. Big shoes to fill. Yes. All right, so first of all, just getting off the holiday weekend, did you have a good weekend, long, nice long break? Yeah, it was good. It was a nice three-day three day break. I uh, spent some time with my wife since we're empty nesters now, Hagen Lakes at Junior. Right. <laughs> it was good. It was a good time. We had a good weekend. Good deal. It's always that, that first break after the start of the school year is always kind of a – like a time for a deep breath, you know, after the, the two-week sprint that is the start of school. And uh, Two weeks of school started, but as you know, uh, <laughs> our campuses and other departments have been working for oh yeah many weeks prior to that, getting ready for all of our scholars to return. Definitely. All right, so first of all, we want to talk to Mr. McGee about his new role within Alvarado ISD, and that new role has a, a new special uh, swanky title, I guess you could say, uh, Director of Institutional Advancement. And that sounds like a, a lot, and it is a lot, um, responsibility for some PEMS, some teacher incentive allotment, and then also partnerships. And uh, we'll just go through each one of those real quick. But uh, first of all, PEMS, that's where a lot of people don't really understand what PEMS is. I don't even remember what the acronym was off the top of my head. What, go ahead. Uh, PEMS is the Public Education Information Management System. So that is where all the scholars' information is, is held. Uh, we do attendance through that. It Send all of our reports to the state. It's just a massive, massive. Anything uh, we do school-wise, from grades to attendance to finance to hiring to HR to you name anything we do is put into our operating system that then has to, at some point in time, be uploaded to the state for a variety of different reasons, whether it's how we are funded, accountability, um, accreditation, all those things. And having been a, a former principal on a campus, you knew a little bit about what PEMS could do. Mm -hmm. And now you're in this role, and it kind of exploded a little bit on you, didn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I finished the year as the principal through graduation and then started with the submission three, which is the summer submission, which is the largest of all submissions because it encompasses every facet of what we do. It's one of those things where you have the the front side and the back side. Mm -hmm. I was familiar with the front side and then was aware of the back side, um, but there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot of different people. It is not me. I'm just fortunate enough to usually hit click and submit, right. uh, but there are so many people involved that make PEMS in every submission, whether they are they very simple to the to the largest of submission three possible. All right, then tell us a little bit about teacher incentive allotment. The, the name lends itself to something, but tell us a little bit about what that is. Teacher incentive allotment, uh, commonly referred as TIA, is a government or a state program that was introduced roughly five years ago to allow classroom educators – to receive an incentive, financial incentive, based on their own evaluation and student growth of the students they have in their current classroom. And it's an attempt by the state to reward or to incentivize those teachers to push student growth, to push their professionalism, to push their growth in their classroom and their trade, 
and then be compensated. And we're fortunate in Alvarado, um, there's a lengthy formula the state uses, but in a nutshell, we are considered a rural district. We're under 5,000 students, and there are three different levels, and those, student, uh, those classroom educators have the ability to earn a great deal, a great sum of money for their campus that then they would receive 90% of that. And it is also TRS, our teacher retirement system, eligible, and it allows teachers. There's been several reports you've seen on news. Uh, they've been on different websites, newspapers, different feeds. There are teachers in the state of Texas based on their current base salary and then based on the designation and distinction they earned for their particular campus and what they received, they are some in, in some parts of the state approaching six figures if they are at that exemplary mark. And one of the common misconceptions about it, you talked about, you know, one of those things that they take into account is the student growth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, well, my kids did good on the state test, so I'm, so I'm going to get it. That is not that it has nothing to do with the, the state testing. We get to mm-hmm. kind of decide what that student growth looks like and, and and how it is calculated, I guess. There are several options that the state allows each individual district to determine what their state growth piece is going to be. And over the last two years, our TIA committee that has encompassed administrators and edu- classroom educators from every campus to choose, and we chose the SLOW, which is student learning objective, to be part of our student growth. And that student growth allows every educator that has five or more students on their roster to track based on a foundational skill statement on what they want their students to do at the end of the year. And throughout the course of the year, they will have to accumulate at least five pieces of evidence and to represent and to track those kids' growth individually within that subset. It's not all their, all their kids uh, on the, in pre-K through fifth grade or pre-K through certain grades that don't team, that are self-contained. It'll be all their kids, but they only have to pick one subject matter. It's not all subjects. If they're teams, they can choose one subject matter, and when they teach that one class or one group of kids, and, yeah. but it doesn't have to be st- from teacher to teacher. But Gotcha. All right, so both of those things seem appear kind of tedious a little bit a lot of a lot of numbers a lot of analytical work mm-hmm. now for the fun part <laughs> the part that I that I know you love is the partnerships and the community partnerships uh, mm-hmm. part of this new role and talk about that for a minute yeah the strategic partnership facet of the of my current role is really just to bridge the communication even in in li- heighten it even more than what it is. It's what the district can do for the community and then how we can support the community and then in reverse how the community can support Alberto ISD. Um, one of those things to speak on the latter of those specifically is our promotional packages. And uh, we've known for years, if not decades, there have been third parties and outside vendors that have solicited different parts of our district wanting, requesting, using names, using old letters from previous <laughs> administrators. They've used my name. Oh, the high school principal. And people will call, and I was like, no, we're not doing yeah, that. I think uh, Dr. Esses said last week that there was a time when he was principal that somebody showed him a letter that had Danny Phillips' name on it. Right. He's like, yeah, it's from like a decade ago. Right. It's not, he's not even here anymore. Not even here anymore. Uh, and we've had three principals since him, yeah. you know, all those type <laughs> of things. So, yeah, and it's one of those things is want to really get out to the community 
that if any solicitation or promotional options for the district specifically, they're going to come through me. Um, it may be someone else, but they can always come through me. I've attempted to reach as many businesses in Alvarado mm-hmm. proper. There's a lot more than you think. Right. And I haven't reached all of them yet. That's still my goal. Uh, but if they have any questions and someone is soliciting something, then we want to know that. But also we want to celebrate our community and celebrate our businesses. And even though Alvarado is growing, and that's a good thing, and we will have uh, the only thing constant in life is change. Alvarado <laughs> is growing. Um, but we want to keep that Alvarado hometown feel. We want to try to keep as many Alvarado dollars in Alvarado. We want to celebrate our local businesses and do what we can on our end because we do have a large platform through different events, social media platforms, just in general. Right. And we really want to showcase those if we can and as often as we can. A great example of those third parties, uh, myself and our CFO, Dr. T- Mr. Oh, ooh. Oh, Mr. Toon, I apologize. Yeah, I apologize about that. But Mr. Toon, not Dr. Toon, uh, we're at Massey's last week having lunch one day, and Todd's actually sitting there at the table with us, chatting with us, and he got a phone call. And it was from one of those third parties. He's like, no, he said, I uh, I deal with the school district directly. And they said, oh, we we got a letter from the athletic director. He goes, no, he said, I'm, I'm good. I'll, I deal with the district directly. So, those are the kind of phone calls, those right. fishing phone calls right. uh, that uh, are so common, especially during football season especially. Right. And one last part, if I could, real quick yeah. on the strategic partnerships. Similar to how I was um, becoming more knowledgeable regarding <laughs> PEAMS and all, all of its, um, we also want our businesses, we want to reach out to them and have not just a career day, but also maybe look at internships, look at job shadowing, have a group come in and just see behind the scenes that when you're at, um, you know, how sweet it is in the bakery, it's not just the counter selling cupcakes Wednesday for a dollar, but it's how you inventory and how you prioritize what you're ordering and what you have to have. If it's Domino's and there's three trucks a week and the scheduling and logistics part that a lot of people don't really understand when they go into the storefront and they just get that whether it be Brookshire's or whether it be those different things, um, then also have maybe those people come and talk to our students in different classes, whether it be our law enforcement, our economics classes, our culinary classes, our ag classes, our BIM, business informational management, all those things to try to expose our students currently, not just at the high school, but at all levels when it's appropriate to have them just to give them more exposure to life and yeah. maybe pique their interest and to drive them into something they may not been exposed to, may not be aware of, or never even thought about to spark their interest and push their learning even further. Yeah, there's something something different about a, a teacher explaining to you how how the, the backside of a grocery store works and how the mm-hmm. inventory and everything. It's different when a teacher's doing it when somebody from Brookshire's comes and talks to you about right. it and explains to you how to do it. So, All right, so another big thing we have going on, we have it every year in the school district, and we talked big about it last week, was our wildly important goal and after a few years of getting away from the literacy and the reading, we getting back into it uh, because we saw at that time how great of an impact it made, not just on our scholars, but on our community and getting the, the community and the parents excited about reading. And uh, just as a reminder, our this year's wildly important goal is educators and scholars will read 1 million words by May of 2024. And, 
as we're talking about that and helping our scholars read a million words, it, up here at the administration building and technology department operations, it doesn't necessarily, us helping does not necessarily mean going and reading to, to scholars. Maybe it's covering the front desk so Alicia can go read to a bilingual class or um, maybe it is on the finance side prioritizing uh, those things that campuses are needing for for reading resources and things along those lines. And so I just wanted to make sure that was still at the forefront. Have you thought about what you're going to do yet? I have. Kind of combine it with my job with the strategic partnerships. I'm going to try to solicit (laughs) some of our business either owners or employees to come to the Alberta admin building or you go to them and either record them their audio only, but prefer them to be behind a green screen that we can put maybe their logo or a scene behind them and allow them to read. And then those teachers have the ability to use that, show it through their projector at any time that fits them. And then it's, but our community is still involved and they're getting that exposure, but they're also the students are benefiting, and, the, you know, it becomes that partnership. So something else to think about as well, uh, moving forward, and you mentioning the, the businesses kind of triggered a reminder that next Friday, uh, September 15th, we have our very first Indian Friend Reading Day of the school year. And so that is a, our reading day where community members, community leaders, business leaders uh, come in and, and read the classes early in the morning on that Friday. So uh, we can, we'll certainly chat about that afterwards and and uh, start getting a list of, of readers. All right, so last week we had our Old Settlers Reunion and Parade, and I've I've been around Alvarado for 15 years. I'm sure your memories date back quite a few more years than that. Do you have a favorite memory from the, not necessarily the parade, but the, the Old Settlers uh, week of celebrations from wherever you were younger? I was fortunate, and I know – a lot of people aren't happy about when the time of year it is now, and that really is dictated on when the committee can get the carnival here. Yeah. We can't, you know, the carnivals, they're staying further north during the heat, and they only move south. So I can remember being in two-a-days, um, and the coach is telling us, don't go to the carnival, go home, go sleep. <laughs> and we all went to the carnival. And, yeah, of course uh, you did. <laughs> and and then having everyone there, um, that's back when it was a week long, mm-hmm. and it was – Fiddling Friday nights, and they had the fiddling con- fiddle contest on Friday night, and you could hear it throughout, even over all of the crowd of the of the carnival. You could hear the all the different fiddle players. Yeah, that was pretty unique. Oh, very cool. All right, then how uh, how was conditioning the next morning typically? Uh, <laughs> long <laughs> and hot. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was worth it. You know, it's yeah, it's good to be sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. <laughs> All right, very good. So last week, uh, now I don't know if they've always done this, but as part of the parade, the committee has different categories, different awards, and as the Alvarado Spirit Category Division, our very own Alvarado Junior High Spirit Squad uh, took first place. Very excited about that. And then they also had a baking category, not part of the parade, but a baking category as part of the festivities. And our Work Ready Lab at the high school, took first place there. And, and you'll do a better job of describing or explaining what exactly is our work-ready lab. Our work-ready labs are for students in our special populations. And once they've completed all their academic requirements, usually by 18, 19, but their education continues through their 21st birthday, 
the Work Ready Lab is really that. They're doing different aspects of job sh- uh, jobs, shopping, um, life skills, office skills, filing, different things that when once their academics are completed, they're continuing on preparing them for truly life after after high school. And a couple of those different things they do during the school year at the high school, I think one day a week they go around and, and sell coffee. They have the Indian <laughs> Brew Crew, and they they take orders. They usually have a small snack that they've made or have purchased, and then they have the coffee and or Cokes, mm-hmm. and they go around and service the staff. They go around and they clean the – they go behind the janitors and clean um, the workroom. They help sort the mail and the teachers' mailboxes that we get inner office mail. They've gone to different businesses and swept, vacuumed, yeah, those different things. I know they've they've come up here once a week to the administration building, and uh, for our scholars that receive the the mail packs for to go home with them over the weekend, they help uh, pack those and mm-hmm. and put all that together. So, a uh, fantastic little program over there in the Work Ready Lab, and I, the name escapes me, uh, Mrs. Branham. Branham. Is the one who uh, who runs that over there at the high school. Great job. All right, we are in the midst of our first four day work week. We talked about it uh, earlier before, you know, as soon as we got on about Labor Day being Monday, but we have a couple other four day work weeks. Four and a up. half day. True. There you go. Four and a half day. Thank you very much. Four, <laughs> four and a half, half work day. days. Uh, as uh, Friday, September fifteenth, and then Friday, September 29th are both early release days. Those are were put there strategically. Uh, we have football games those nights that are two and a half hours away and in order to at least yeah at least two and a half hours away and those that are skeptical say oh you're doing it just because it's a football game have to get the football players there not the case not uh, actually if if it was just football players football players are going to get there we're not worried about them mm-hmm. it's the the band the cheer the color, color guard, guard everybody else uh, flag mom, runners flag runners mom and dad fans that want to get there that, you know, are working for the school district or whatever. Uh, but it's a matter of those running those afternoon bus routes, really, and getting those mm-hmm. buses back and in time to get everybody to the game in time. And that that really is the, the crux of it and the reason behind it. And usually, and just to give a little more details, whenever the school day ends, whether it be 345 or 1 o'clock, the buses don't start running their routes for an additional at least 30 to 45 minutes. Once they've made it to all their campuses, they have to pick right. pick our kids up with, and then it's an hour to hour and a half after that. And it's not just a matter of coming in and changing. They have to come in. They have to clean the clear the bus of scholars, clean the bus, refuel the bus, and then travel to whatever location they are to get ready to pick up the next group of scholars. And it's right. not just get on. There's other other things they have to load as well. All right, so just a reminder again, September 15th, September 29th are both one of the early release days uh, for scholars. 1, 1 p.m. All right, so last week it was a uh, big week for athletics, volleyball, really last weekend, this week already uh, since it's Wednesday morning. And uh, right. we, we nobody was here Monday. One part of the podcast was not here yesterday. Uh, so it is Wednesday morning when we're recording this, and volleyball has already played their game this week. But last week – uh, lost to a, a really good 6A in North Crowley. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned around and, and beat Palmer. And then last night in their final non-district uh, tune-up game, uh, lost to a really good Chisholm Trail team. Both North Crowley and Chisholm Trail, they're they're very skilled. I think they're yeah. very senior heavy. Yeah, 6A schools. <laughs> 6A schools, they have a lot more pulled. But 
our girls competed well. All right, then cross country uh, ran at Flower Mound Marcus meet, and no surprise, like the week before, we're South Lake mm-hmm. running against some of the not just the best competition in the state of Texas, but the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those schools north of downtown again, uh, five, eight, six, eight schools are just elite cross country teams. And uh, on the girls' side, I do want to highlight Layla Utnage and Natalia Sanchez, both placed in the top 100. There's close to 300 runners mm-hmm. uh, in each division. And so Layla, actually top 60, she finished 59th, uh, which is fantastic. And then Natalia was 91st on the girls' side. Fantastic job by those well, two young ladies. Yeah, well, both are in the top 30%, and uh, one of them is in the top 20%. That's phenomenal. That's average of excellence. All right, football, in case you missed it, uh, football had a fantastic night Friday night, uh, defeating the somewhat hated. Is, is it somewhat, or can I say strongly hated? Um, I don't know if hated, um, but <laughs> strongly, strongly, dis- highly disliked. Highly disliked. There's a um, a lot of history. Respectfully disliked. Respectfully, a rivalry. Yes, it goes back even <laughs> you know from last century, right? Um, with Kennedale. Wildcats. The Indians uh, jumped up on them early and never let off the gas. Never. Uh, beat Kennedale 47-7. to uh, JV the night before, actually a JV freshman combined game, uh, lost by four. Uh, but uh, just a, a great night to be an Alvarado Indian. And first time they are 2-0 since 2013. Uh, so really uh, great things happening on the football field right now for your Alvarado Indians. Right. And that JV lost by four. When you combine both of our freshmen, we have basically two freshman teams and a JV, and our coaches did an outstanding job of attempting to get everyone yes. on the field. Right. Um, and then to come out four points short, we basically just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose. We just ran out of time. Well, and even going back, I know I mispronounced earlier, but Mr. Toon's son mm-hmm. uh, is actually on the the freshman B team, and he got into he got in on seven plays. And so when you're getting not just your JV kids, but your two two freshman teams, all of those kids, at least seven plays, uh, to lose that game by four points right. is remarkable. And with that being, that's seven plays, not a lot, but there's on average probably 80 to 100 total snaps on both sides of the right. ball. And well, you got into seven, you know. And you're looking, that's two, probably six kids at that one position because you probably got two on the JV, two on the first freshman team, and two on the second right. freshman team. So you got six kids that – are splitting time at just that one position. And that's both offense and defense if that's only 40 <laughs> right. plays. so Exactly. All right, tennis had the week off as they prepare for their first, I believe, district match against Ferris upcoming next week. And so I believe Ferris is in the district. But they uh, had the week off to kind of recoup from a really tough non-district uh, slate that included the likes of China Spring, Decatur, Sunnyvale. Uh, so – uh, really looking forward to what Coach Allman can do here in the next few weeks as they enter district play. Junior high. Junior high volleyball did play last week, but we talked about it on the last podcast because they played Monday night. Uh, tough losses to Glenrose. Junior high football kicking off this week. Uh, really excited. just to, those. It's always, for me, those seventh grade games are the funnest ones to watch early on in the season because <laughs> maybe, maybe, let's say, conservatively half the kids – uh, probably played football before. The other half haven't. Right. And just to see the amount of learning and coaching that has went on in the first three weeks of school 
uh, is quite remarkable to be able to get a football, put a football team together at a junior high level and run out there. Organized. Right. Able to run more than one play. Coach Tatum and his <laughs> staff does a phenomenal job with that. And then it's also fun to watch, like you said, just they're, they're so excited. Mm-hmm. The ones that oh, have yeah. never played, they're just. Right. They're, they're somewhere between excited that I won the lottery and, oh, no, I'm walking into like a, a dark room with a, a clown. Because right. they're, they're like half scared and half really excited. And so uh, just to right. see those kids is fun. All right, a busy week ahead. Actually, a busy end of the week ahead this week is Thursday we have ninth and JV football games against Dallas Lincoln. And those do not start until 6.15 because Lincoln, uh, like us, has to wait on those buses. And so they won't be able to get started until 6.15. And that is taking place at Alvarado High School. Uh, so they'll get started at 6.15 at Alvarado High School. And that's 6.15 practice field. at the earliest. Yes. <laughs> at yes. the earliest because <laughs> you never know. Right. And the reason they are playing at the high school is because at the same time, junior high football will be kicking off their season against Glenrose starting at 4.30 p.m. And then junior high volleyball will be playing hosting godly beginning at 5 p.m. So a uh, fantastic night if you want to spend it at the at Charles Head Stadium, Alvarado Junior High to watch a little junior high football and a little bit of junior high volleyball over there. And then ninth and JV volleyball will be at the South Hills Tournament starting Thursday. Friday, uh, September 1st, I'm sorry, September 8th, uh, Football is at Dallas Lincoln beginning at 7.30 p.m., and that is at Wilmer Hutchins Eagle Stadium. Uh, Wilmer Hutchins used to be in our district. We played there a couple different times before. Uh, so same place, same school, same field, just different team we're going to be playing there. But we'll be playing Dallas Lincoln at Wilmer Hutchins High School. And then volleyball, uh, non-district's over. Now it's now – it's, These count. Now, now it's time. It matters now, right? It counts as they will be – uh, hosting not an easy draw either to start district against the defending district champs, Godly. Uh, so they will be hosting Godly at 4.30 p.m. at Alvarado High School. Uh, plenty of time if you want to get over there and watch the watch the varsity girls play and uh, give Godly all they want, and then plenty of time to get to Dallas as well uh, in time for that football game against Lincoln at Wilmer Hutchins. Saturday, uh, September 9th, cross country is at McKinney Boyd beginning at 7 a.m., Ninth and JV volleyball is back at the South Hills tournament, and then junior high A team volleyball, uh, they will be at the Dietrich volleyball tournament there at Dietrich Middle School in Midlothian. So a busy end of the week, an exciting end of the week, plenty of time, plenty of opportunities to go out and support your Indians. Uh, any final thoughts, final words, Mister McGee? You know this. It seems it's hard to believe we've already had several weeks and we're halfway through <laughs> right. through this one, but. It's really been every year, and this year is no different, the energy level not only within the campuses and with the different departments, but also around town uh, yeah. is really high. And it's exciting to see that our community, as we're growing, um, the support we receive from them is phenomenal and what our scholars are achieving on a daily basis. And the administrators putting the time in, I know, and our classroom educators, it's just very impressive. And now I'm in a different setting, looking from a different viewpoint, it's even more impressive. Always was impressed with our with our scholars and our and our faculty, but from the role I'm currently in, it's it's awe inspiring. Really proud of everyone. All right, very good. And a reminder: I love, I failed to put it on our little agenda itinerary, but tomorrow at the Alvarado 
Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we'll be doing a state of the district, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. from Dr. Estes. And so that'll be uh, here at the administration building. I believe chamber starts at 1130. And so uh, come by, grab some food from the chamber meeting and listen to all the great things that are happening within Alvarado ISD from Dr. Estes. And he's trying to get it all in, but it may be right. an extended line because there's a lot of great things going on in Alberta ISD. It's a good problem to have. It's a great <laughs> problem to have. All right, and until next time, hashtag Alberto Excellence.